Welcome to this bonus episode of the School of Midlife podcast. At the time of recording, we are headed into Mother's Day weekend. Mother's Day is Sunday. And while I had originally planned to talk about Mother's Day on Tuesday when the podcast normally drops, it felt like because it's such an interesting weekend for so many people, I'd just do a little bonus episode and it would drop on Friday and then you could perhaps prepare yourself for the weekend. So I will initially say that for a Hallmark type holiday, the people who write sentiments in Mother's Day greeting cards are way off. They, they're essentially three camps when it comes to Mother's Day cards. One, there are the cartoony cards from little kids. They've got dogs and kittens and butterflies in a very cartoon drawing with big type that are clearly from little kids. And then there is the second camp, which are the cards that say, to my mother, my best friend on Mother's Day. So those are the best friend cards. And then the third camp is to my mother on Mother's Day, the person who role modeled to me what it means to be a loving mother so that I can be a loving mother to my own children. So the the role model, the perfect mom kind of card. And that's it. What's interesting is if you have a relationship with your mom that doesn't fall into those nice little categories, there are no cards for you to buy. I feel like we have matured as a society that we could have a larger assortment of Mother's Day cards. So for the people who write the cards, that's my two cents. I'll move on to say that Mother's Day has come to be so triggering for so many people. And it brings up a lot of interesting emotions. And for most of us, we're not really quite sure how to deal with them. Some of those emotions stem from the fact that we have strained or estranged relationship with our mothers. Or there are mothers who have lost children that aren't quite sure what to do on Mother's Day. Or on the flip side, children who have lost their mothers. Then we've got the mothers-in-waiting who desperately want to have children but have been unable to conceive, or they're moms of angel babies. Then we've got this whole other category of women who are showing up for mothers and playing kind of mom-type roles, whether those are stepmoms or bonus moms or adopted moms or surrogate moms. Or you've got, you know, moms of four-legged kids like me. I wouldn't trade my four-legged boys for anything. But while motherhood comes in many shapes and sizes, the only motherhood we seem to celebrate on Mother's Day is the kind of motherhood that results from raising small humans. And there generally needs to be some familial tie before we will recognize that relationship. And that can either be 
you birthed the child, you adopted the child, you became a mom by marriage. For the rest of us, even when we're showing up in a motherly way for people in our lives, Mother's Day is just another day for us. In fact, it's it's almost worse. It's kind of like middle school lunch all over again, where you walk into the cafeteria and everyone is sitting down with their families at brunch and there's no table for you to sit at because your status doesn't seem to exist on Mother's Day. I, I know some of you know this story about why I am not a mother of small humans. I think that there are a lot of people who just assume that Mike and I decided we weren't going to have kids, and that's not exactly true. Um, I, I'll certainly go into more depth in another episode, but here's the Cliff's Notes version. I was diagnosed with stage four endometriosis at the age of 29. And I was told at that point that given the significant scarring from my disease, that it was almost impossible that I would ever be able to have kids. Which is interesting because I was in a new relationship at the time, so I wasn't really prepared for the discussion like, if your future plans include being a dad, then I'm probably not the girl for you because that conversation just felt a little premature. You know, we were very early on in our relationship. Um, That relationship was with Mike, so it's worked out okay because we will be celebrating our 20th wedding anniversary this week. But what's so interesting is as a woman, you just assume that you'll be able to have kids whenever you want to have them. So at 29... It was shocking for me to find out otherwise. The doctors put me on some very strong medicine at that point, and it it worked really well for a while. But when I was 34, I had to have a total hysterectomy. And a couple of weeks before my surgery, I remember my mom suggesting to me that I should freeze my eggs in case I ever wanted to have a surrogate carry a child for me. Well, it turns out um, the process takes longer than that, and that was just too late to um, do any sort of egg harvesting. And frankly, I was too sick. So um, even if we could have delayed the surgery a little bit, I don't know that that would have been in my best interest. And then I specifically remember being in the hospital not less than 24 hours after having my stomach completely opened up and internal organs removed that my mother-in-law reassured me that we could always adopt. So it's really interesting that when I look back on that surgery in December of 2006, I. I know my mom and my mother-in-law both meant well, but the message that it conveyed with what they were telling me is that on some level, I wasn't enough as a woman, that I would somehow be more important if I had kids. And I know that that's not true. And I know that not having children doesn't make me any less than. And if you're in the same camp, 
it doesn't make you any less than either. I want to assure you that just because you haven't birthed a child or raised a child, it doesn't say anything bad about you. And then finally, if you're someone who celebrates Mother's Day and because of the way women show up for all sorts of people in their life, whether they are related to them or not, but they show up in a very motherly way, I'm a firm believer that everyone should celebrate Mother's Day. But remember, it's your day. You should do what you want, when you want, with whom you want. That doesn't mean that you have to spend the day with your family. Hear me when I say that. In fact, I had a good friend that every year for Mother's Day weekend, she would go to Las Vegas and she would lie in the sun and read a book and drink margaritas. And she went away for the weekend because she didn't want anyone asking her for anything. She didn't want to cook any meals. She wanted a good night's sleep. And I know that some people might look at that and say that's selfish because she should want to be with her family. But who are we to judge that, right? She was doing what she wanted to do. And if the whole goal of Mother's Day is to celebrate and recognize the mother, then we should let the mother do what she wants to do for the weekend. Just like my friend who went to Vegas, you should do what you actually want to do. That means you don't have to host a brunch for your mom or your mother-in-law unless you actually want to. You shouldn't do it because you feel obligated. And you don't have to go hiking with the family if you know that the kids are going to complain because it's too hot or they want to go do something with their friends or whatever the kids happen to be complaining about over the weekend. If you want to go for a hike, go for a hike. If you want your family to go with you, great. Maybe take them with you. But if you don't want to deal with the complaining, go by yourself. If you want to get a massage and read a book and sit on the patio and drink a bottle of rosé, you do you because it's your day. Related to that, I think it's important for you to tell your family what you want to do on Mother's Day because they don't know. They can't read your mind. If you think that they'll surprise you, I'm just going to tell it to you straight. They won't. They will get it wrong, just like they get it wrong every year. So do yourself and everyone around you a favor and just tell them what you want to do. I'll say I'm also a big proponent of buying your own gift. And this should be a good one. Because motherhood, in whatever form, Motherhood is hard. It takes a lot out of you. It requires a lot of your time and energy, and oftentimes with limited payback. So while those macaroni necklaces and hand art projects were cute and endearing when your children were little, you deserve a good gift for Mother's Day. And I think it should be an expensive one. If it makes you feel better, you can sign the gift enclosure to my best mom on Mother's Day from your kids. Figure out how you want to spend the day and do that and reward yourself with a great gift. And don't feel guilty or any shame 
around giving yourself that gift. So to end, I just want to say cheers to all of the women showing up for others today and always. I recognize that Mother's Day can be tricky. Those of you who celebrate and are celebrating this weekend, I hope that this one is one of your best years yet. For those of you who aren't celebrating or that that feel a little triggered by the weekend to come, just know that one day on the calendar doesn't define you. It doesn't mean that you're any less than if you're not a mom. Be careful with your tenderness this weekend. Happy Mother's Day to all of those who celebrate, and I'll see everyone back here on Tuesday for the next episode of School of Midlife. Take good care. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the School of Midlife podcast. I'd love it if you would take a moment and leave me a five-star review so that we can spread the word to other midlife women. Then join my mailing list. The link is in the show notes. And if you're ready to make midlife your best life, you can also find out more about how to work with me in the show notes. I'll see you right back here next week when the School of Midlife is back in session.